This is the best of two pros in a cup of Joe with LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome into your Tuesday, uh, a Tuesday that's going to see another uh, double-barrel edition of NFL action later on tonight. Although those games are on simultaneously, which is kind of a bummer. You know, I wish they would have staggered and what's a little gonna, bit. What's going to be even worse is by region, you know, unless you have the, the ticket, you're, you're only, you know, I'm not going to get to see the game I want to see. Get to the bars. Go to the bar. Yeah, I don't like going out all like that. I'm, I'm telling you, man, they need to figure out a way to put primetime games moving forward every night of the week, or at least, you know, if you want to say Saturdays for college football or Fridays, okay. But it would help for in a lot of different ways if throughout the course of the regular season you had Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night games. You could avoid a lot of that four-day weeks and I think it'd be better for the league. It really would be to have more games in prime time throughout the week. Yeah, I, I, I'm all into it, man. I, now, Wednesdays, though, you think Wednesday would be the one day off uh, if they wanted to have a, just a day off from football in general? Because no. I don't want to ruin the Mac. I don't Friday want Mac or Saturday. to be ruined. Friday or Saturday. That's like the you've new got thing. Two, yeah, you've got two different audiences. People who are watching the Mac aren't watching the NFL unless they're just gamblers, which they're probably going to watch both either way. I mean, those are uh, those are people too. I mean, I don't think we need to uh, insult the gamblers here. The people got no insulted in them, these games, you know, you and, not, know. and not like your conspiracy theories that you just you know. But I listen, uh, I, I so, I'm so into it, man. The reality bet on is them whether it's on the same day or if right. it's on different days, it doesn't matter because yeah. they're already betting on them on Sundays when they're all playing at the same time. That's right. I'm into it. Look, I want uh, NFL on as much as possible. I was bummed they didn't have more games, uh, double barrel games on Monday. Now we're going to get these two coming up uh, on Tuesday. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, the game that is still uh, making some uh, noise uh, in the NFL was what happened in uh, Tampa the other night. Uh, the New Orleans Saints continue to uh, dominate Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Uh, then it came out uh, your guy uh, oh, Godwin uh, torn ACL. They thought it was a an MCL, MCL sprain, sprain yeah. and then there were further tests, and it turns out it's an ACL. CL, so he's uh, if done you for see it, you see it on film. It it was Nasty. ugly. Yeah, it was ugly. And I, you know, thoughts and prayers out to you, little bro. I, I, I hate that that happened. And, and they got, you know, they got banged up all at one time. And you just wonder, you know, how much this could impact them. You know, moving forward, does this does this create a new? I mean, I, I'm I'm pro Packer anyway on the NFC side of things, but. Man, does this make Tampa Bay vulnerable moving forward to possibly, you know, depending on what their matchup would be? I mean, if it's a Dallas or if it's a, a Arizona Cardinals that that happens, I mean, are they susceptible to the okie doke based off of maybe not being healthy enough to to win? Of course. Jeez. Well, I mean, that, that's why I think you see. Or you'll see Antonio Brown welcome back with open arms. Truth. Because they need him. But the bigger conversations, and Tom Brady spoke out against us saying that he thinks they should do away with those sorts of low hits. And, and it, it is interesting because you saw in the Minnesota-Chicago Bears game, they are trying to eliminate those low cut blocks, even though that's what they call it, even though that's not what Tease Tabor was doing. He was trying to get to the ball carrier. But he did so by going through the tackle low, Brian O'Neill, which caused a personal foul, sustained the drive, and ended up leading to points for the Vikings last night. But it's the same thing. Like, you eliminated 
that sort of hit from taking place on an offensive player, and you do in certain instances for defenses, defensive players, yet we're not eliminating it for a ball carrier like that. It, it is kind of hypocritical, right? To like eliminate those hits only in certain spaces, but not on a play like that where the guy's ACL gets torn. Yeah, it's a hard, it's a hard topic to tackle because you're talking about the strike zone for defenders is is really becoming a question mark for defenders. If you're if you're too high, like if I always teach guys to tackle the shoulder. If if you tackle the shoulder, you generally won't miss a tackle because if you get your eyes lined up on the shoulder, you're literally aligning your 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 midsection to the body. So if you run your eyes through the shoulder, you start to you absorb the blow with your your midsection. So that that energy gets dispersed throughout, you know, a large part of your body, the the largest mass of your body. But if you hit somebody on their shoulder and you're moving full speed, you may hit them in the head. Yeah. Like we we saw it we saw it last night, right? Like if you run through a guy and you're running through them up top, you're getting flagged. And if he ducks down, how is that your fault? It's all, the stuff is moving so real time. Like that's the thing about it. Like I think sometimes we fail to realize how f- quickly things un- unfold on the field and and so to say all right you know you can't hit them up high because you'll end up hitting them in the head you can't hit them down low because you'll you'll end up tearing up their knees i mean you get one place to hit them which is usually you you would think is like their hip you know it's it's really like the hip that you it's like a strike zone almost so to speak and that's a very small area to to say that this is where you're limited to making making a tackle or making a hit, I just I don't know what else you can do in these situations because more more likely than not, a cornerback is not going to be in a situation where they're going to be built to take on some of these guys that are out there catching these balls. I mean, imagine if it's like, all right, that's Mercedes Lewis, or you know, it's Megatron out there, or it, you know, it's one of these bigger guys. That's that's a hard proposition to ask a guy to try to find the exact place to be able to hit them, especially when you're you're taught to take their legs. So I I don't know I don't know what's right I don't know what's wrong I I feel like that's a it's a real tough conversation because you do want to protect guys but at the same time are you not protecting the guy by protecting the other guy with the rule changes of not allowing them to hit in certain places uh, it's just it's a hard one. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel bad for defenders. I feel bad for the, just football players in general that they expect you, as you pointed out, in real time to make a decision to not hurt somebody else when the whole object is to put a body on somebody, get physical, and then without even intentionally trying to make a, a dirty hit, somebody ducks down, the, all of a sudden the level changes, and you're the guy that gets flagged for it. Like, I just, I don't know how, how that's going to be, you know, how they're going to officiate that, how they're going to move that, or if Tom Brady's going to have an impact on the rule moving forward, uh, but the Bucks are going to be without Chris Godwin, and now Antonio Brown steps in. Bruce Arians, uh, never shy about giving his opinion and is uh, brutally on 
on his thoughts on a situation. He was talking with the media yesterday. They were asking him questions about the decision to bring back Antonio Brown. Here was the back and forth. Didn't get much of a chance to dive into this yesterday, but you did bring back Antonio Brown after saying that he screws up one time and he's done. So what made you decide to give him another chance? Well, the history has changed since that statement. You know, um, a lot of things went on last year that I was very proud of him and I made a decision that this was best for our football team. What was the decision-making process for you like, knowing that some people might go back to those comments you made publicly about Brown and say, wait a minute, hasn't this guy had enough chances? I could give a what they think. The only thing I care about is this football team and what's best for us. I love him. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Translation, uh, we're going to do what we need to do to win. I mean, bottom line, that's what the NFL is. I I don't understand why anyone is ever confused or believes anything in regards to teams talking about caring about what players do off the field. Like, there's to a certain degree, but for the most part, if they can help their football team win, they're going to put up with it. They're going to find a way to get them back on their team. Yeah, I just uh, – now, as far as the seeding goes, uh, so so we do think that after this weekend, uh, Green Bay is the number one seed, and then uh, obviously in the standings, but we think Green Bay is the best team, and then Tampa Bay would be number two with uh, the Rams, the Cardinals, whoever else you want to mix into that three spot, right? So Green I Bay – I think clearing. the Cowboys – I mean, the Cowboys, Cowboys are there. up there at number two. I think you got to look at the Cowboys yeah. as the number two team right now. Look out, man. You think Dallas is better than Tampa Bay right now? Yes. With that With offense? Those injuries. With those injuries, yes. I don't know, man. I, I, and, I, and, you know, can I ask you guys this about Dallas? Is it time to actually start changing the narrative to Pollard being the main running back for the Dallas Cowboys? He's so much more explosive. Yeah. It's, it's not even close. You know what's sad, Brady? He's so much better right now. Yeah. Like, it's not even that he's just more explosive. He's better. He's yeah. a better running back. He's their, he is their lead running back. And, and I, I, I was just sitting, I was sitting there. I was like, man, I got to ask you guys this because in looking at what they're doing and, and their movement, I think that they're a great tandem. But he, you know, Zeke is not the main running back in that tandem. What do you think happened to Zeke? Is it just the wear and tear? Uh, wear and was, tear and he, age. Used a yeah. lot in college, and then uh, you know got to the NFL, and he just sort of started to to, to grind down a it little bit. It ain't there. I don't know. Uh, you know, I think once you let yourself get a little bit out of shape, once you get a little older, and that's like the basis of what you're bringing to the table is your explosiveness, your your balance, and your suddenness, and and just being able to break through tackles. I mean, he's almost like I hate to say this because I don't want to feel like I'm piling on the, on on the fella, but it's almost like he's a fullback. He's like classically what a fullback is the way he plays now. He's only 26. I, I, I think he let himself he, get out of shape. It, it, here, yeah, here's what I'll say about his college. He only played two years, really. He didn't play that much his first year, and so he basically played two years. Like, if you're gonna say that's too much wear and tear. You're going to have a problem then because there's a lot of other running backs coming out of college football. I mean, no one's saying that about Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, You don't think Jonathan Taylor had more carries in Wisconsin? And he's he in the MVP did. conversation. Yeah. So I, I look at it and say it's not from wear and tear at college. I just think it's age. It's how he's taking care of himself off the field throughout his career. Mm-hmm. You know, he supposedly came into this year lighter and much better shape. 
I just think it's, it was probably more because he realized that he doesn't have that same pop and burst as what he used to have. It's very apparent. Pollard provides that big playability for an offense that right now could really use it. Yeah. They, they have a hard time getting points right now, creating big plays. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out with them uh, and, and just in the NFC in general. Uh, so the Bucks, uh, they're going to have Antonio Brown back, uh, Green Bay with the the one seed in the NFC. Uh, so the NFC playoff picture. I know, LeVar, you're all over uh, San Francisco. The Niners are dangerous, bro. I said it a few weeks back. I'm telling you, y'all better pay attention to them because there's something dangerous about them, man. They're dangerous. I'm telling you. What happened to Trey Lance was going to take that starting job at some point? Whatever happened to that story? I was waiting for uh, for that to happen. I never saw it happen. It's weird. I just assumed, <laughs> it's not time. Uh, yeah, oh, it's coming, but it ain't time. Yeah, yet. I just assumed. Uh, I mean, Garoppolo hasn't played bad. I mean, No, like, he, he hasn't. No, he's actually played pretty good. Yeah, I just. Uh, that They've was, had to overcome injuries, you know, and, and, and now they seemingly have stabilized and they're just playing ball right now and they've gotten back to playing the type of football that they play. And I'm telling you, it's giving people problems. They're giving people problems, man. It's San Francisco. I'm telling you, the two teams to look for that, that are like, you know, coming, you know, coming are up. Are they a legit contender in your mind, or are they just more of that sniper? I think, I think they're a sniper. I don't, yeah. I don't think that they're a Super Bowl. I, I don't think it's Super Bowl for them. But I will say this, the other team, the Colts, I think they're a contender. Okay. I think I think they're actually the one team right now today that if you say who is going to stand up to the Chiefs in their surge right now, if they were to meet them in an AFC championship round, it would be the Colts I think more the, than any other I team. I think the Colts, the Patriots, and the Chiefs are the three best teams in the AFC. Colts, Patriots, Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like I, I don't think anybody that. from the AFC North uh, is a legitimate. I don't threat. trust them. Yeah, I don't I, trust I, the North. But, but Indianapolis has played well, man. And uh, I don't, and that I was don't a big trust win the, the Bills. Night. I don't trust I'm gonna, the Titans. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the Chargers are that other team that if they get into the playoffs, which I believe their slate is a wild card now. Yeah, that's another team that I think just because of Herbert, how special he is, the pieces that they have. That's another another team that I think could compete. But is with it him. a contender or a sniper? No, that's the thing is I think because of their quarterback, they're a contender. Oh, like wow. that's the difference to me is I, I trust what I see in Justin Herbert more in two years wow. than what I've seen from Carson Wentz his entire career. That's fair. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. No, we're not going to be getting Minshew Mania, apparently. Apparently, uh, Jalen Hurts is going to get the start for oh, the, uh, no. the Eagles. Oh, no. I'm so sorry for everyone Well, I'm just saying, there. I mean, come on, man. You don't want to no see... No mustache uh, rides, yeah, huh? come on. Oh, Jesus. You never, hey, you never know. Christ. <laughs> you, you never know. You know. Yeah, <laughs> you do never know. Jalen Jalen could, you know, mess up, and he might have to come clean it up, you know, knock it down. I just... Do you think he feels pressure because of how Gardner looked when he played? He looked good, man. Uh, I mean, I think he felt the pressure of how many people really loved seeing him out there play. More so than how he played. I think he's that just, dude's like beloved. Yeah, people really get into him. 
I just I, I like Jalen Hurts. I like the way he handled the stuff at Alabama. Such a great like way it. of setting it up. Well, no, I just yeah. I, I like him. Such a setup. I, great way he handled uh, all the uh, stuff at Alabama with the benching and then coming in and saving him uh, in that. Uh, there was the SEC championship yeah. game. And I'm um, so glad that he had to get that experience yeah. because now it's going to play a part. And then he in goes. How he handles things. He goes now. to Oklahoma and he all of a sudden improves um, and he gets drafted in the second round. Then he's going to deal with Carson Wentz. Uh, you know, throwing a temper tantrum last year and all the dysfunction and then he gets an opportunity here only to see Minshew Mania ride into the situation well, they said and, Carson uh, Wentz's neck was really really like beefing with Jalen Hurts <laughs> like, was always eyeballing him you know is what, what I heard the uh, reports were now is, uh, is, he- is Heineke going to play <laughs> do we have an update on Heineke's status or is this going to be I, like Baker I, Mayfield where I believe it's going to be Heineke I, I believe it's going to be Heineke I thought I was looking to try to see if it was going to be him or Kyle Allen. I thought it was going to be Heineke, though. Uh, because, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield was also expecting yeah, that, to play that uh, last night. And, uh, he wasn't expecting to. He needed a, he needed another negative test, I believe, and he didn't get one. He was very active, though, on social media. Very active, uh, letting people know he was following along, watching the game. What a helpless feeling that must be. Like, just knowing your team's got a playoff. Uh, and you lost and, a close one. It was a close one, and I know he's sitting there like, if I'm playing, we win. And you know what? If he's playing, they probably win. Yeah, I mean, but Nick Mullins, like, give him credit, man. Like for for a guy to come in like that, and he, he's played pretty well at times before with San Francisco, but to come in like that and Dude, you know, I think in his that first Raider defense in his first sixteen starts, he's got what the second most passing yards only to Patrick Mahomes, Who, something Mullins? like that. Yeah, Nick, Nick Mullins does. Yes, <laughs> good for him. It's some uh, crazy stat like that. It dates back to 2018, obviously when he was with San Francisco for that that period of time. But he uh, he played. I mean, he played well. You can't take that away from him. now. It, it was a little dinking and dunking. I don't think they put a ton on his plate. But I mean, the reality is he, he played all right. I just it had to have been the worst feeling for not only Baker but Kevin Stefanski. Yeah, I mean he's he's watching his team have to take a step back, and there's there's really nothing he could do about it. Yeah, that's rough. Um, Who's the scariest team in the NFL right now? Kansas City. Kansas City. They're the scariest yeah. team? Yeah. Yes. I think they're the most unknown in the, in the NFL because of how good they could possibly be. Because I don't know if we've seen how good they can be yet this year. But I don't know if they're as good as they're going to get. It's like weird. I, th- I think Green Bay's the scariest team. I think. I mean, that's that's, that's on a, the other side, but yeah. I think that's a scary. I think they're a scary team. I think they're the scariest team in the National Football League. Green Bay Packers. Why? Because Aaron Rodgers not vaccinated. Because they have. Well, yeah. Oh, I was gonna say he'll yeah. get you. Uh, he's good. No, he's good now. He's, he's good now for ninety yeah. days. Yeah. Um, now I think uh, Green Bay's clearly separated themselves, but Kansas City to me is the scariest team because they've not. They've not played offensively to the level that we've seen before. And then you look and Travis Kelsey's got like 200 yards receiving and he's breaking off a touchdown for It's like, man, if that's their B game, what the hell's their A game look like? And all of a sudden their defense is playing better. Like, I think Kansas City's a nightmare right now. I think that's one of those, again, that's one of those things. Did they hit their ceiling or are they going to end up being more than what they have been this year and and actually touch on. I mean, you get Tariq Hill and and Travis Kelsey back on track with this last game. I mean, they were the two catalysts of of the game. 
And and so the idea of it is is your defense should be geared up to make someone else other than those two guys. Like you got to think about this, right? Their running attack is anemic. And and if you're not if you're not looking at this Kansas City Chiefs team and saying force them to run the ball. I don't I if we lose as a coach going into that game, if we lose the game because they were able to successfully run the ball against us but not throw it, I'll eat that loss. I'll eat it. But to me, it's like people are still trying to figure out how to to defense them conventionally. It's like, okay, we got to be prepared for the run, but we got to be prepared for the pass. No, I'm just preparing for the pass. Yeah, y'all, y'all better tackle. Like, tackle to run. If they get two, three yards, tackle to run. But do not allow Tariq Hill and Travis Kelsey to beat our team. You know, I, I don't know. I, I mean, and I know that's easier said than done within the schematics of how you do things because you still got to do what it is that you're you're planning out to do. But I just – it confuses me as to those are the two you got to stop. How do you allow them to have such big games? Now, that makes it scary because you know it's coming and you still can't stop it. I, I, don't, think, I don't think they're that bad at running the football. They just don't really run the football. Like They're, they're definitely in the bottom half of the league. They've got to be, if not the bottom third, as far as attempts. Like I just think they just don't really care to run the football. And it's hard to blame them. I mean – Having Patrick Mahomes, having those weapons, if, if they can't stop them, then so be it. Why, why would you? Yeah. you know, why would you want to want to do that when you don't have to? I, I honestly think they just wait till they get up in the fourth quarter, the second half of games. Like, all right, we'll just run the football a little bit here. Yeah, uh, they are in the uh, bottom half. A good call yeah. by Brady Quinn there. Look at you. I, I just, just football I, savant. No, I, just watching them. It's like you watch the first half of games. They don't seem interested at all. In, in running the football like they're just like yeah no we get it we've got the box count uh we don't care we have Patrick Mahomes like I I kind of I kind of love it in some ways in other ways I'm like well maybe we'll come back to bite them but uh they've they've worked through it this year is that just now, a, is that a product of Andy Reid's offense has he ever really been one of those guys that commits to the run like even back to Philadelphia like can, can you think like I mean Westbrook was more of a, a pass catcher they obviously ran the it's ball true. with him but he was more of a it's pass true. catcher is he is Andy Reid just more I'd rather rely on a short pass than a run I, I mean that's I mean kind of because that's even how it was with Alex Smith when he was the quarterback there you know it was it's always that West Coast you know short passing game that's an extension of really the run game so I, yeah I mean maybe maybe to your point and I do think in, in today's in today's NFL you do mix in some run pass options where you are calling a run play, but if you know if, if it presents itself, you're going to throw the football. So there is that element of it too, where you know maybe they're, they're calling more than what we see, and you know they ended up being passes more often than not because Patrick Mahomes wants to throw the ball every play. Uh, Lavar, who's the quarterback? If you're playing defense, who's the quarterback right now um, outside of Aaron Rodgers? You absolutely want no part of quarterback or offense. You want no part of right now. <sighs> quarterback or offense that I don't want any part of because Aaron Rodgers would be number one right Aaron Rodgers would be number one I I would probably it's it's like the offense I wouldn't want any part of right now would probably be the Colts and that's just because of 
the pure physicality of what they would bring, and not because of the quarterback, just because of what their running attack would, would lead to. Again, I think a team that can run first and pass second is still, to me, that is a unicorn in the National Football League now. And and so, to me, I think that they would be the most dangerous. But I, I got to go with Brady on, on, on Herbert. I think he might be the most mm, – I think he might be the most dangerous of that. I I wouldn't because I don't know enough about him. I don't know enough. I think we know what we need to know about Pat Mahomes. You need to, you know, know what you need to do. I think we know enough about Lamar Jackson. You know what you need to do. I don't know that we know enough about Herbert to to say we definitively know what we need to do, especially if Eckler is is healthy. If if their if their entire cast is healthy that is a that that I I don't know that I would want to deal with them right now they they would present a scary a scary matchup uh the Indianapolis Colts uh, according to Fox bet 18 to 1 um to win the Super Bowl right now so 18 to 1 Lavar if you're a big fan of that I mean they actually think Arizona's got a better chance at I winning would put a Super Bowl. money on the Colts I'm telling you I would put money on the Colts. Yeah, there's value there. Uh, there's some some people might be skeptical of uh, Carson you could be, Wentz. You definitely could be skeptical of it, but they are built. That is a team coming into the season that you would say was built to win the Super Bowl, and they're starting to now play like a team. Like think about it, they were good with Philip Rivers at the, in the twilight, and all you needed Carson Wentz to do is what he's doing now, and he's playing well. So with him playing at the caliber and the level that he's playing at right now, that makes them, to me, I think they got to be the team that you look at as the most dangerous team in the National Football League right now, today. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The most overrated holiday drink I agree. is eggnog. I don't get it. I, I don't like it. First of all, what do you drink it with? Rum? Like, is it, does it have to be rum? Can you drink it with anything else? Can you use beer and eggnog? Well, I, well, I'm sure people have tried or they can if they want to. Um, I, I just, I don't really get, is it really a holiday drink if you can have multiple mixers in it? Well, here's like, a, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Like that, that, yeah. Now that I think about it, it doesn't really make sense, I, but here's why I think it became popular. You remember the scene in, um, national lampoons, Christmas vacation where of they're course. drinking out of the moose mugs uh, yeah. and they're drinking. I think people looked at that and said, Oh, that's a holiday party. And it's like, well, no, it's not a, he's wearing a turtleneck, uh, and B, uh, you know, uh, it wasn't uh, a turtleneck. He was wearing a dicky. There's a big difference. <laughs> Uh, come again? No, no, no. That that that's it was a dicky. You know what that is, right? I don't know what that is. Okay, it's it's where it looks like it's a turtleneck, but it, and it's under a sweater, but it's actually like all in one. 
And so if that's the, that was the best part about the scene is you can actually see where it's cut, where it, it's not a full turtleneck, like he's got two layers on. It's just one shirt. What the hell? But it's, 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 it's considered a dicky. That's what it's called. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? I'm that's just a being real honest. Thing? Is yeah. that a real thing or is this like some elaborate crank joke you're trying I to make I swear on to air? you that's what it's called. Okay. All right. Bye. I had no idea. Uh, can we uh, can we uh, confirm that lead the lap? Can you? All right. So let's go live to our I have more information on the dicky knowledge just dropped by Brady Quinn here on the show. Insider lead the lap for the latest. No, we're, we're all learning and uh, yeah, looking it up. It, he's right. It's it's a bizarre invention that I did not know really existed, but I do remember <laughs> I it from either. the movie. I didn't it's, either. It, it's kind of like Granimals, which made, I think, a lot of sense. And honestly, people could probably still use to this day where you'd like match up the animal so you knew what matched, right? Like you'd have like a tiger <laughs> shirt with a tiger <laughs> pair of pants. It's like how you idea. teach kids how to match their clothes. Oh, my it, God. It, it was, it's almost like that kind of concept, but instead it's like, hey – just so you make sure this turtleneck and sweater go together, we're going to make it all in one for you. So I am hoping I can search and find somewhere on the internet some dickies to provide you and LeVar and the rest of our crew. I just need sizes. That's all oh, I need. I'll find the dickies, all right? You guys just have to wear okay, them. See, but dickies are like a, a, a clothing company. Like, dickies are like old school That's clothing a brand. company back in That's the day. That's a brand. Yeah, right. Lee's wearing dickies right now, too. Like, uh, like, like dickies are uh, are the go-to for uh, for a lot of people. That was like, uh, you know, a lot of uh, skaters back in the day. Yeah, a lot of, yeah. uh, you know, they're very baggy, you know, uh, construction. Uh, you know, I don't know why Lee's wearing one. He doesn't do construction. It's very weird. My girlfriend hates well, it. I just uh, pick something out of the pile. Yeah. So, uh, so, so there's that. Uh, cleanliness is key here on the show, as you can tell. Uh, everybody is very concerned about cleanliness. Uh, but uh, Brady Quinn, uh, I do. And by the way, I would like to mention this National Lampoon Christmas Vacation. That movie stinks. Uh, I, I, wow. I Listen, I had a chance. Wow. Look, I'm telling you, I man, mean, you, you, that movie can't stink when you have one of the greatest characters in cinematic history. Which is who? The dog? Uncle Eddie. Oh. No, Uncle Eddie. Yeah. L- Uncle okay. Eddie is one of the great... Because everyone's got an uncle that's similar to that. Yeah, he is. Uh, absolutely. Uh, but the problem with that right, movie, it doesn't age well. It just doesn't. I what watched, do you mean? Okay, because I went through Beverly a phase... Beverly D'Angelo always ages uh, well. That, no, that, that's a fair point as well, too. So I will give you credit for that. But I, I, there, I went through a phase where I thought a Christmas story... Just for some reason, it just made me depressed. I was like, "This was depressing." It's yeah, Christmas slow. Vacation and Christmas Story are two different. Yeah, things. I understand. But what I'm trying to say is, so I always felt like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation was better, and then I watched both of them last year, and I realized this movie stinks. Christmas Story is way better than National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And in That's fact, I don't even think take. it's close. That's I, such a I, bad I, take. I disagree. I don't think it's a bad take. I think if you put it to a poll, uh, most people would say Christmas Story is better than Christmas Vacation. If you put it to a poll. Why don't you put that out on the internet or Twitter and see how that goes? One of the low-key great scenes in that too, outside of Uncle Eddie, who's emptying his, um, his RV <laughs> <laughs> And emptying the toilet from his RV into the sewer is when the sheet of ice slams through the neighbor's, I I don't know, their bedroom or (laughs) living room and ruins their tree. Yes. And and, and what is it? He goes, I don't know, (laughs) Margot. Come on, Todd. Yeah, no, listen, there's a couple of good scenes in it. Um, You know, I just, uh, I feel like if you watch that back, you're going to go, this is kind of corny. You know, kind of a cheese ball movie, you know. I that. mean, all of them were corny, but that doesn't take away from the fact that it was hilarious. Yeah, I don't know. Just Christmas. I mean, that's story. like Chevy Chase's best work. 
that Christmas story, uh, you know, it just gives the uh, the God. feels. You know, there's something about Christmas story. I just think uh, we watch it, rewatch it again. I think you're gonna what have do a you different mean? opinion. Look, well, look, look. When Chevy Chase is sitting in his kitchen late at night. And he's looking out back, imagining. Remember that pool? He's supposed to get the Christmas yes. bonus. Yep. Yeah, he doesn't get the. Which, by the way, also a great scene when he's thanking all the top executives as they walk by. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Kiss my ass. Yeah. Yes. Kiss, <laughs> kiss his, his ass. ass. Yeah. Yeah. There's good scenes. Just but, I'm just saying, he's looking out the window. He's envisioning the pool, maybe something else that came with the pool. And then his nephew walks out and he starts talking to him about Christmas because, you know, they haven't really gotten much. You know, they don't think they're going to get much. It was one of those heartfelt scenes where you think to yourself, you know what? It's the holiday season. I just need to be nice to people because I don't know what else they're dealing with or what else is going on in their life. Yeah. That scene was one of those heartfelt Christmas scenes totally. that hopefully... Hopefully it brings a little joy. Yeah, totally. Yeah, just envisioning uh, certain items at the pool. Uh, yeah, totally. I, I, I hear you, man. Uh, that may or may not have been, uh, you know, trying to sell him um, lingerie at the mall earlier. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's uh, right. and, and by the way, so you see. So what do you say? High, high ribs? Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> so what, what do you think, Rusty? That's so, right, Dad. <laughs> so you think, you, you believe National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is better than Christmas Story? Yes. All right. So, I, I, would wa- I would watch this time of year, Christmas Vacation, Every single time it comes on TV. Okay. Um, so what, what Brady Quinn just did here on the air, just so we're clear, is he just spit in the face of Ohio. Because Christmas Story was filmed in Ohio. The house is still up in Ohio. And Brady yeah. Quinn just grabbed his crotch and spit in the face of the entire state of Ohio wow. here, live on the air. Wow. That's what you just did. Wow. wow. Bro. You proud of yourself? Wow. You proud of yourself? I, I, I mean, just because it was based in Ohio? Yeah. That's where it kind of ends. Yeah, see, that's a problem, man. Like, you, you, you don't have the loyalty like I do, you know, Herdo, Jake. You, you have the loyalty we do to Ohio, man. Yeah, I see what you're trying yeah, to you're do. not like yeah. us. Wow. How about that? <laughs> put, put that on your uh, your call chain, pal. Uh, all right, it is uh, two pros and a cup of Joe here, Fox Sports Radio, uh, and our Dicky insider, uh, Brady Quinn. Uh, now, are you going to be uh, – you got a lot going on because you've got doubleheader action in the NFL uh, with two games going on simultaneously, rather. You've also got uh, a couple of bowl games that are taking place, uh, a tropical smoothie bowl, uh, apparently, uh, whatever the hell that is. Uh, are you going to be okay uh, kind of navigating the waters of, uh, you know, this much football on a Tuesday? Are you going to be okay I love it, man. I, I told you, I've been pounding the pavement for football every day throughout the football season. I just, uh, I mean, let's, even with college football, let's just stop because we act like the academic calendar, all right? It, it, it's like, oh, it's such a big deal for college football athletes. Okay, what about every other sport? What about basketball and baseball or, or track and field? All these other sports that like they'll, or hockey, they'll compete throughout the course of the week and they'll have to miss class and they have to make it up. If they can figure it out, I think football can figure it out. So I just I, I, I never understand the excuses that we make for scheduling and trying to get more football in primetime, NFL or college for that matter. I think we should have double Monday night football games all year. Like I just I think it's a golden opportunity. I I, I I love it. I love I loved when they would do it for the longest time. They would do double Monday night football games to open up the season, and then to get it back last night, it just realized this is awesome, man. And and you getting a taste. How did it feel to be able to watch a Monday night game at five o'clock Eastern time? How did that feel? I loved it. Yeah. I mean, I, I got a little taste of the West Coast. How people on the West Coast get to enjoy their Monday night football. 
It was awesome. I wish they'd do it every single week. I, I know they won't because obviously it's 2 p.m. Pacific time on the West Coast and people are still at work and all that, but it would be nice. It would be nice to have some sort of doubleheader, at least where you get both games, um, one almost in a primetime window, the other one you know, heading into primetime windows across the country. I, just, I think it's good for football. You can make the case that it's good for some of the smaller market brands that don't play a lot of nationally televised or primetime games. It's good for gambling. You're going to see more action on games in general if they're in standalone times, and it's good for fantasy. I mean, you can't tell me, too, that you're not going to see more attention to, towards games, too, instead of on Sundays sitting there and having to track kind of everything that's going on and having a hard time being able to watch and digest all of it. I just think that the NFL should look at going into more days of the week. It'd be better for player safety. You could space out teams so they're not you know, having four days between games, a Sunday to a Thursday. You know, you'd be able to make it five or six days in between. And I know that doesn't sound like a lot to people out there, 24 to 48 hours sometimes can be the difference between a guy playing and not playing. It's literally like that when teams have short weeks. So it makes all the sense in the world to me. But, no, it was was fun enjoying what the West Coast gets to enjoy uh, pretty much every every Monday night. Well, and your point on the player safety, some people would just think of that on the surface and go, oh, that's that's insane. I mean, they're already complaining about Thursday games. If you just short – no, no, no. It would just take a little bit more navigating of the waters for the schedule makers. All right? So, like, you would would base a lot of this stuff around bye weeks. You would base it around travel schedules. It's a doable thing. And I, I would actually go this far. If you gave me one or the other, if I had a choice, Thursday night football or get rid of Thursday night football, but you would have two Monday night games, I'd rather have the two Monday night games. I mean, I'm I'm all in it for what we have tonight. Now, I don't like the fact that you've got two 7 p.m.s and it's going to be regional. You know, I wish they could stagger them like we did, but behind the scenes look of that is, you know, Fox is broadcasting both. And so they obviously have to work with the local affiliates that still have programming going on. So, you know, they've already probably had to jump through some hoops to make this happen in general. But that's why you're not going to get like an earlier game and a late game because the broadcast network wouldn't be able to, you know, wholesale change all those Fox affiliates throughout the course of the country in different time zones to be able to make it work for a doubleheader in in two different time slots. That's the difficulty of this. But I I wish they could figure out a way of doing it because I also think for the NFL's perspective – That'd be another way of squeezing out extra money from 100%, these TV deals. Hundred percent. There's so many things. There's so many factors involved. And and if people are like, oh, well, the NFL is being greedy. Man, they're greedy because there's a buyer. Like like they understand that people are willing to pay this money. And if you can get more games, like if you you could you could do this. You could have a game on Thursday, Sunday, Monday. Tuesday, and you could figure out another day in there. You could do a Saturday game every week. You, like, well, especially once college football ends, you could do it. Yes, and and look, they've already been doing Saturday games, and so I just I feel like I was actually surprised they didn't do more of that this year. But I wonder if they looked at it and said, "This is going to be the fail safe. If if something happens, at least we know we can move these games to a Tuesday or a Monday if need be." They played a Wednesday game last year. I think it was Steelers Washington was a Wednesday game last year. I think last year, maybe not permanently, but I think if anything happens, I don't think the NFL is going to be gun shy at all about moving games to a Tuesday at all. I, I think they would figure out a way to make it work. I absolutely do. Now you've got to. Uh, now if you've got to make the pick here, 
And uh, you've got two games going on at once, and you got Seahawks, Rams, Washington, Philly. Uh, Seahawks, Rams gets first preference, right? First, oh, of uh, course. First I mean, well, in part because you've got a more of a legitimate playoff yeah. team in the Rams, and I, I think it. You know, it tends to have more star power, at least at the quarterback position. Yeah. Right? Now, With Stafford and Russell. Now, yeah. If uh, Minshew Mania was going on. That's a different yeah. story. Okay, I yeah. want to make sure. For, for many of the reasons that you mentioned in the first hour, the mustache <laughs> rides, they're back. Uh, yeah. Minshew Mania, mustache Mania. Yeah. It's back. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that was yeah. me that mentioned that. Yeah. It was, yeah. yeah. Put a I mean, kudos in. to you for yeah. remembering that back from his time uh, up in Pullman, Washington, for yeah. Washington State. Yeah. yeah. Put a uh, put a quarter in and uh, just watch it go. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.